This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. In this talk, Reggie says that we are all born to fly in the eternity of our own nature. We long for the vastness and freedom of the awakened state. This longing inspires us to become passionate about tasting this freedom in each moment of everyday life. This talk was given in 2010 at a public program in San Francisco, California. Within our state of being, can everybody hear me? At this moment, there is an open, endless field, and it's a field of awareness. It doesn't begin anywhere, and it doesn't end anywhere, and strangely enough, it's us. And it's actually the most fundamental dimension of who we are. And when we know how to find the gate to this fundamental aspect of ourselves and enter into the the silence and the endless space, we have actually found the elixir of life. The nature of this awareness, which we all have at this moment as the foundation of our being, is open, it's um, bright, it's vivid, it's pregnant with everything that we're going to experience. At the same time, it's empty and free. And to touch that, to enter through that gate is to find the place where we can truly fly. All of us were born to fly and fly within the realm of eternity. It's interesting about the fundamental field or open territory, endless territory of awareness, because there, there is no time. There is no time. Past, present, and future are things that we overlay. There is a longing in all of us, and often we project the longing onto 
relative situations onto places, to people, um, experiences that we've had, we long for again. But actually, fundamentally, what we long for is to taste and enjoy and fly in the endless infinity of our own nature. We read about such freedom and such, you could say, um, spiritual dimensions in a lot of books. And of course, the religions talk about them and they give it different kinds of characterization, heaven or nirvana or whatever. And I think what um, has not been fully realized is that the places that we really seek and the places that are mentioned by the religions are not outside, and they're not somewhere else, and they're not in some other time. They actually already exist within us. And the message of Tibetan Tantra is that that state of mind is what we call the awakened state. It's not something that's attained at the end of a journey. It's something that is attainable now. And it's not a theoretical place. It's actually completely experiential. All of us as humans are capable of experiencing our freedom and the the tremendous joy that comes from experiencing that freedom now. It's available through spiritual practice. It's interesting that often spiritual practice is institutionalized. In other words, we are uh, often told by the major religions, including Buddhism, that in order to find true freedom and true fulfillment, we have to sign up for a particular institutional configuration, or we have to become a particular member of a certain community, and we have to follow a particular path that is outlined by certain teachers. Zalman Schachter, who is the, uh, one of the leaders of the Jewish Renewal Movement and is, uh, has taught at Naropa for years and is a, a very, very close friend of mine, uh, was saying recently that that idea that human freedom is only accessible through organized religion is the big lie. It's the big lie of the modern world and, or of the classical world. Human freedom is available to everybody. And of course, we have to find the way in. It's not something that is simply there. It isn't there. You know, at this moment, for most of us, it's hidden, but it's available. Now, we might ask ourselves, what is the, um, what is the point of human freedom? We long for it, but what does it have to do with our everyday life? What's the, what do we gain by making the journey to the radical openness and the freshness and the clarity and the Um, limitless, boundless nature of our own basic person. This um, endless sky that beckons us and calls us.
what does that have to do with our ordinary life? If we find the gate to that kind of freedom, is that going to mean that we no longer want to live? Does it mean that we won't be able to function in our lives in the world? Some of the traditions that speak about this freedom or this fulfillment uh, seem to indicate that we will become incapable, that somehow ordinary life is incompatible with spiritual realization. But the teaching of Tibetan Tantra is that it is only through abiding, through, through being able to enter the gate into our own infinity, our own endlessness, our own boundless awareness, and learning how to fly there, that we can appreciate our lives in the world, we can appreciate our relationships, we can live our lives in the fullest possible way. That if we don't experience our own freedom, we, we load up our relative lives with all of the longing and all of the desire for freedom and fulfillment that we have in our person, and we're loading it onto the wrong donkey. Our relative lives can't I mean, this was the teaching of the Buddha. If we look to our relative lives for that kind of fulfillment, it's never going to happen because relativity can't fulfill that kind of thing. When we, it's interesting, in um, Buddhism we talk about um, the ultimate attainment of freedom and liberation, uh, often as if it were something somewhere else rather than the ground of our human life. In the Tantra, what's said is, you gain access to your own awakened state, your own freedom, your own fulfillment. Now, through various body-based techniques, and when you do that, and this is a paradox, strangely enough, when you do that, you find that's what you've always been looking for. And that's your ultimate home. That's who you are. And within that space, every desire is fulfilled. And, you know, sometimes when we sit down and in meditation we open into that space, um, we feel we could fly forever. And we feel that we never want to come back. We want to um, soar up to the sun and feel the brightness of the naked sun on our state of being or the coolness and beauty of the moon. We want to fly to the distant galaxies and circle around them and explore them. All of the realms of being open to us in that space. And we feel that when we're there that we would uh, never going to come back into a more relative state of mind. But strangely enough, there's a kind of karmic cycle that goes with us as spiritual practitioners, which is that we, we open, we let go, and we fly. And then we find ourselves on our flight, coming back to our life and entering into our life. 
And strangely enough, because of the fulfillment of our entry into our own basic nature, our own basic awareness, and because we don't need anything fundamentally, therefore, all of a sudden, our life opens up. It's like open sesame in our own life. And we begin to look at the situations of our life from an entirely new perspective. And we realize that that all of the moments of our life are epiphanies. They are, um, they come with um, incredible power. They come with very profound meaning. And they come with very great beauty. We can be with situations which from a conventional viewpoint might be regarded as positive or they might be regarded as negative. But from our point of view, negativity has its place. You know, a scowling face, um, someone in a supermarket who is um, struggling just to be there, Um, a child who's going through a very hard time. We begin to appreciate what reality is, and we see that everybody's on a journey. And every moment of the journey of ourselves and others is a dignified and in its own way beautiful, and it's going somewhere. So, far from alienating us from our lives, the more we can experience our own freedom and our own, um, you could say, liberation, our own fulfillment, the more passion and love we have for the life, our particular life that we lead, So many of us spend so much time in wishful thinking, wanting our life to be different, wanting people to be different, wanting situations to change, wanting to find a different location in the universe to carry out this human existence. And once we have tasted the openness of our basic nature, when we return to life, we begin to suspect that exactly the life that we're living is the greatest blessing we could ever have. Life itself becomes liberated. Life becomes redeemed. Our life, our personal life, with our struggles and our difficulties and the things we see, the things we don't see, our relationships, we begin to realize that all of them are the blessing of the universe and the love of the universe for us, for this individual person in this body, with this karma, at this time, in this place. So, you know, it's interesting, the uh, Tibetan Tantra builds on earlier Buddhism in a certain way, meaning that the early Buddhist traditions teach us to renounce grasping after life. You know, grasping after life, you know, thirsting and clinging and attaching to aspects of our life and wanting to wring some kind of pleasure or security out of that piece of our life is not going to work. It doesn't work. It leads to suffering. So early Buddhism teaches us, um, basic Buddhism teaches us, basic meditation shows us we can let go of our life. We don't have to grasp and cling. And when we do let go, then we are in a place, uh, a much better place to actually conduct whatever goes on with us.
in our human existence. And then in the um, Mahayana traditions, which uh, you know many of us are familiar with, um, Zen, Chan, uh, Tibetan Mahayana teachings, we learn that there's a kind of open state of mind that we can access through meditation. We can begin to experience a larger awareness than we're used to. And sometimes we think that's it. Sometimes we think that we've achieved what we need to achieve. And what Tantra brings into it is that experiencing a sort of relaxed, open, peaceful state of mind is just the beginning of the journey. That's the gate where the journey begins. And the journey unfolds in the relativity of our own life. In the Tantra, we are constantly working on our meditation. We're constantly developing a sense of peace and openness and relaxation. But that's the beginning of the journey. And the juice of our spiritual journey gradually begins to be found in the relative situations of our life. The more we let go, the more the relativity becomes outspoken the more the relativity appears to us as something compelling, something interesting and compelling, and ultimately we begin to discover that that's actually where we change. It's in relating with the actual life that we have from a point of view of utter openness. So that's the basic view of Tibetan Tantra. To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet, Cry of the Snow Lion.